Let's open in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you this morning, Father, we thank you for uh, this day. We thank you for all the children you continue to bring to the crossing, Lord, and thank you for all the people that, are, uh, that you raise up to, to help with so many children. So, Lord, we, we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for the blessings of this past week, Lord, and, and Lord, we pray that we can be blessings to others this week. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, we've been on going B for, this is 14 weeks, uh, off and on a little bit, but uh, last week we talked a lot about hope, and we're, we're, we're back into, uh, uh, into going B again, uh, uh, following Exodus, uh, we're in chapter 8, we're dealing with lice and flies today, um, and uh, I, you know, one of the things I always like to do is look behind the scenes, uh, look behind what, God, what God's trying to show us behind the scenes. Are we off up here, guys? I'm off. Anyway, I like to look behind the scenes and, and, and see what, what God's doing behind the scenes that we can, we can put that apical to our life. And so today's message, we're going to search out, uh, I titled the tears of the Tears of Sin. And it's because sin, you know, if you want to go and be, if you want to go and be the voice and the, and the, uh, the feet of Christ and, and, and do these things for Jesus and go out and be blessings to the world, and you're trying to, to, to pull people in, you've got to, there's many things we have to recognize. And one thing is sin does not like to die out. It doesn't want to die out in people's life. I mean, it, it wants to control. It wants to devour. It wants to destroy. It, it, it's not happy when we start talking about Jesus. It's not happy when we start talking about the cross. It's not happy when we start talking about the blood. It, it, it does not want to die. And that's, a, that's a, a, a thing we must recognize when we're dealing with this. You're not just dealing with, with people. You're dealing with, with sin itself, with evil itself, and it does not want to die. Everybody say, it does not want to die. It doesn't. It doesn't. And so you've got to understand that. You're not just dealing with, you're dealing with some things far beyond our capability. And so we have to rely on God. We have to rely on, on God's word to fight these things. So the tears of sin is what I titled today as we go through here. And the first one is, um, is reflect and repentance. I've got to, I, this may be an alligator or a crocodile. I think it's an alligator, but I'm going to call it a crocodile today. <sighs> Anybody ever have crocodile tears? I got some tears drawn down here. You can't see it. You can come up really. But crocodile tears. You know when you grow up and your mom and your dad's in, you crocodile tears. Or maybe when your wife's not getting what she wants, you just crocodile tears. It's, you know, that's what we do. We, we do that. And, and, and what crocodile or tears are is, is we want relief from something or we want something, but not really. But we want it. And that's what sin does. It, it, it wants to... It wants to have relief from the situation that it finds itself in. It finds itself closing in and, and, and wanting, to, wanting to survive. And so it will oftentimes throw out crocodile tears. And you'll hear people say, oh, Lord, if you'll just do this, if, if, something, if this will just happen, I promise you, Lord. And, of course, we know what happens. I mean, I've heard that so many times in my life. It's It's, it's crazy. But we do that. We have these, I'm going to leave this up here so you can, as we go through the sermon today, you can understand that these things are real, and they take place in people's lives. And what we want to do is we want sin to die. We want it to die to Christ. We want it to surrender to Jesus Christ. And so as we look at go and be through, the, through Exodus, through the lice and the flies, we'll, we'll follow that along. Sin cries out, I do not want to die. You see there? There we go. The consequences of sin 
consequences of sins, Christ, uh, Christ tears of remorse, often bringing with it relief, God's grace. That's what happens. God will offer you grace. He'll bring grace to you in, in certain situations in your life. He'll show mercy because he loves you, and he wants to, he wants to pull you in. And God knows what you're going to do anyway, but he'll still do it. It's because we have a God that loves us with tremendous. He knew what Pharaoh was going to do because he's telling us he's going to harden his heart. But he's also showing Pharaoh, Pharaoh could have changed any time. Egypt could have changed any time, but they refused to. So remorse often bringing with it relief, God's grace, but only the cries of repentance. See, that's the true cry of repentance. There's a difference between rock, uh, crocodile tears and true repentant tears. There is a huge, it's night and day, right? It's darkness and light. Now, when people are crying crocodile tears, they know they don't mean it. Although at that moment, they mean it, they mean it with everything they've got with their mind. But if it isn't coming from the heart, it isn't coming from the soul, that's when we get in trouble. So, but only the cries of repentance from the heart brings about victory over sin itself, leading to salvation. In Exodus 8, 15, this is the last, this is the last verse about the frogs that we talked about a few weeks ago. One, night, one more night where the frog was that sermon. And this is, this is Pharaoh doing what he does. And this is this relief versus repentance. This is what it is. But when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and did not heed the Lord as the Lord had said. And that word heed, in other words, he did, not, he did not do as the Lord had told him to do. His obedience wasn't there. But he wanted the relief, and we see it over and over again. So, so God warns us here as we go and be that people want relief from the, from the things in their life that are destroying their life. And I mean, I, I can't tell you the numerous times I've had people cry all over me. Some of them get on their knees and accept the Lord, and then the next week they're nowhere to be found. Because somehow they got relief from what was the situation in their life, but they didn't truly get the repentance part right. Anybody ever deal with things like that? Sure you do. Hold firm. And we're going to spend a little bit of time in these few verses here. Acknowledging God is not the same as worshiping God. And what we'll see in some of these verses is that we've got these magicians, and God's not a magician. He's God. Amen? And we're going to see for the first time that God's going to do a separation here between his people and those other people. Other people. Now I want to say something real quick. God loves everybody. Amen? He created all. He loves all. But we'll clearly see today that he separates those people that are his. He separates us from the world. And we're called to be different. We're called to be holy. God loves all, but he separates us. Acknowledging God is not the same as worshiping God. And we'll see here in a few minutes when we get into the scripture that 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 you can acknowledge God, you can acknowledge God in your life. But it's not the same as obedience to God. It's not the same as worshiping God. And that's the true, true difference between those that, are, that love God and are following God and those that are not. We'll also, as we go in through here, we'll look in the verses, we'll talk about false teaching. We have a lot of false teaching today. It's, it's, it's rampant. One may be an eyewitness to the finger of God, and that's what these magicians were. They may be an eyewitness to the finger of God, a help in crisis. You ever get in a car wreck and you say, oh, praise the Lord, I didn't get hurt. 
or, or in a motorcycle wreck, or been in that, or, or off the horse, or, or, or whatever. You get hurt, you get whatever, or even addiction, you get, you get past that, or the grief, or whatever it might be, you're getting past, and you're, just, you're thrilled to get past it. And then you're right back to where you was before you got there. Claiming God's power, but, but once, claiming God's power, but once relief is found, off they go, healed. I'm just continuing to pound on this a little bit. Off they go healed, but sicker than ever, living but dead, hardened in their hearts and souls. And that's what we see in Exodus here. And this is what you'll see as you go out to, the, to your community, to your job sites, wherever you go, and you want to talk about God, you want to talk about Jesus Christ, these are the things you'll see. And so this, this sermon is a warning to you what you'll see to be prepared for it. And know that prayer is the most important thing we can do when we go out to reach these people. And when you see these things, understand sin does not want to die. It doesn't want to leave. Now, how many of you know that, that sin is, so, is powerful in your life? Just raise your hand if you know sin's powerful in your life. Yeah, absolutely it's powerful. How many times a day did it try to draw you into somewhere you don't belong? Over and over and over again. And it doesn't want to leave. It's going to fight. Every time it can fight, it will fight. Exodus 8, 16 through 19. Let me get a drink. So the Lord said to Moses, as most, most, I'll say it over and over again, the most important thing in your life is that the Lord speaks to you. If the Lord's not speaking to you, there's issues. The Lord should speak to you. And this, I've talked over and over again, there's several different ways the Lord speaks, but the Lord spoke to Moses and, he said, and say to Aaron, stretch out your rod. And there it is again, the same thing he does with all these plagues. Stretch out your rod and strike the dust of the land. Now, now we're heading in from out of the water, the gods of the water, into the four, the four different things we're going to reach the next thing is these lice and flies, and a couple more after that are the land gods, because Egypt has a lot of gods. And the land in Egypt is a very fertile, so this god is a fertile god. And it's G-E-B, is how you, I don't know how to pronounce it, G-E-B is the word for the god here. But anyway, he's a god that is, is a fertility again, and so they worship the land. And so for, for, God, for, for Moses and God to raise this up out of the land is, is something, it's just right in their face. So the Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your rod and strike the dust of the land so that it may become lice through all of the land of Egypt. And they did so. For Aaron stretched out his hand with the rod and struck the dust of the earth, and it became lice on man and beast. All the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Where's the, where's the lice at? Everywhere. Who's involved with it? Everyone. Now the magicians so work with their enhancements to bring forth lice. I'm going to tell you something. God is the only one that can create life out of dirt. Amen? Dust. And he's going to put a stop to this nonsense. And it's happening right here. But they could not... So there were lice on man and beast. They couldn't, they couldn't do it. One of the things false teachers do, and everybody know what a false teacher is? And we're going to kind of pound on that for a little while. There was a, there was a man back in 2008, some of you may remember this, out of Lakeland, Florida. I just brought him up because the other day God brought that to my attention. And his name was uh, uh, Todd Bentley. He was out of Canada, from Canada. And somebody invited him to Florida to, to preach for a few days, and it turned into four months. It was on the news. It was on Nightline. It was on the God Channel. Back then, it was on everything. 140,000 people went through, that, the, went through those tits in Lakeland, and 65 different countries showed up 
of people showed up to go through that. It was a charismatic movement. Uh, this man was, uh, uh, he claimed to go bam, bam, fire. And everybody was getting healed and people being raised from the dead. And it was just a phenomenon going through the world. Now, you may not remember because it may not have been a phenomenon in your life. It wasn't in mine. I just happened to pay attention to it so I could understand it. This man was a false teacher. But yet he drawed in 140,000 people who just came through Lakeland, Florida, in that, in that four-week period. And the 65 different countries, people had to give up their money, they give up their job to come and, and see this false teacher. So it's not something you can just wink at. It is something that's taking hold in the world. And it destroys people's lives, their financial lives, their, their, their physical lives, everything you think about it. Now, he also claimed that they raised 30 people from the dead, not on camera, mind you, but outside the camera. Now, Nightline did a, did a, a, a take on that. They found nobody raised from the dead, and they found everybody that was said they're supposed to be healed were not healed. It was just a big farce. But that's what false teachers are. They're just a big farce. Now, you can get enough people involved around something, and all of a sudden, everybody thinks, well, that's a, that's a, that's a good thing. I had somebody tell me in that time frame that said, you know what's going on down in Lakeland? I said, yeah, a bunch of nothing. He said, no, no, no. People are having their hands grow back on their arms. I honestly heard that from people. I said, what? They believe those things. So false teaching can come in and just start to destroy us. It destroys what Christianity is. It tries to anyway. And that's what these, that's what these uh, magicians are. They're just false teachers. They're trying to duplicate what God can do. You cannot duplicate what God can do. And he'll put a limit to it. But yet that doesn't stop people from trying. We have false teachers all over the world. And here they had to admit something. In verse 19, it says, the magicians said to Pharaoh, in other words, they go to Pharaoh because they have done all their wee or whatever they do, trying to make lice come out of the dust, because that is their God, of course. They should be able to do it. And so finally, they break down, and they, and they go to Pharaoh, and they said, this is the finger of God. Now, that, that goes back to acknowledging God. They're acknowledging God. And they're acknowledging the God of the Hebrews. But they're not going to be obedient to God. They're not going to worship God. They're just acknowledging God. And, and false teachers will acknowledge God. The people coming to them will acknowledge God. But yet, they're not of God. Now, as a church, as, as we want to go and be, you have to realize a lot of these people are infiltrated with, with this vision of false teaching. They're being taught something. Everybody wants just to, just to get the, 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 the sentence out of it, not the paragraph. They're being taught something from, from just a few words, and they're grabbing a hold of that, of the headline, instead of digging in because we're lazy. Nobody wants to dig into the Word of God and really see what it means. They just want the headline of it. And so, therefore, we're, we're dealing with a lot of people that, that believe a lot of strange things because they're taught some weird things. And God gives us a warning here. Did they clearly see that the finger of God in this? Yes, it says they did. And they went to Pharaoh and told Pharaoh that. Still, they're not going to believe it. How many people want to argue about the cross today? Want to deny it? Be different because you are different. Amen? Be different because you're different. 
I want to go back there. I'm not done yet. Uh, let me see here. Can you bring up verse 32? No, you never, never mind. You're not up there. I'll do it right here. In 8.32, it reads, But Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time also, neither would he let the people go. And we'll go over that verse again. But Harold hardened his heart. The magicians come to him. They, they tell him what's going on, but he still hardens his heart. And, and that's what you'll deal with. You'll, you'll deal with these people. You'll, you'll give them every, all your witnesses, all your, your testimonies, all everything you can do, but you'll see they'll still harden their heart towards it. There's a lot to do out there, isn't there? There's a lot of things we have to get past that the, that the evil of the world, the sins of the world are trying to, trying to build up. We have to break through those territories. I was out this week uh, over here at Princess Lake, went out with some of the... I had, I had a couple of kids. I had Brad, uh, Braden, no Luke, and uh, Samuel and, uh, and uh, Jacob with me. And some women, some of the women, uh, Michelle and Ashley and Robin were at another other road, and they sent me off to another road with these three kids, and we were passing out stuff for VBS, and I come across several people. I, they didn't get to come across very many, but I come across several people we got to talk to. And uh, they were very cordial. They were very nice. But one particular family just kind of struck me. It was, it was a man. He was out there working on his house, a young man. And his two, I think two or three kids were out in the yard playing, and we was passing out suckers and the paperwork and all that. And they were real nice. This guy was a little bit to the wind a little bit, if you know what I mean, a little, a little too much already. And, uh, but he was real nice. And, 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 uh, and, and I said, well, can I, I'd like to invite your kids to VBS. And he said, oh, I'd love to. And, and, and the girls come up to him, and he says, hey, you know that church by the store I go to? And they said, what store, Daddy? And he said, well, the liquor store I go to. I go there every day, and that's, this is his words. I'm just telling you what I hear. And I see these little kids out on their bicycles, and the house is... Children need help. Amen? We need to go and be. We, we need to be out there helping these children. Now, I don't know if they'll come or not, but I know where they live. And the, and the dad, he, he ended up being a, a union carpenter. And so I pulled out my union card, and I showed it to him. You know, we were able to talk about those things for a while. But my heart goes to, to this dad that he, would, that he would come. He would drop off his kids. He would stick around a little bit, that we could show him the love of Christ, that we could pull him out of the, the complete darkness. Because, see, he doesn't want to not bypass that liquor store every night. I mean, that, that, that was clear. It's his store. He called it his store. He doesn't want to bypass that. Although he's got a lovely home and he's got lovely kids. I mean, he's got a, a lovely family there, but, but he's, he's destroying it. And that's what these sins do. Now, he talked about the church. Not this church, but the church when he was younger. Had gone to, it, to church a few times. And he, he, he didn't mind talking about God at all. He believed God, in God. See, that was that acknowledging God, but not following God. And, and that's what you'll hear a lot when you go and be. is acknowledgement of God all over the place, but yet it's not the same. Amen? Let's go. I'm way off course here. 
As the coming of the Lord draws near, let me go back one more. Separate means different. Everybody understand that? When God separates something, it's different. Um, it's complete difference. Well, I am all messed up today. I'm not sure where we're going. Nope. We're good. We're good. I'm messed up. You're not. Be different because you are different. Amen? Be different because you are different. For the first time in these, in these plagues, the first time we're going to see the clear separation from here on out. And it, it, I can go back and go into end times and all kinds of things and, and what might take place or whatever. But I'm going to tell you that there is a true separation from the church, from the Hebrews at this time, and today from the church, from the world. And God clearly shows it. It's a true separation. We shouldn't be mingling with the world like so many of us want to do. We need to separate ourselves from it. We are not of the world. We are of God. Our home is heaven. It is not the world. As the coming of the Lord draws near, because is it or is it not drawing near? It is drawing near. I mean, you, you just open up, the, open up any Facebook, open up any newspaper, if you still read them or whatever, I mean, it is nothing but bad, bad, bad. Now, I don't know when the Lord's coming back. I have no idea. But I'll tell you, it's closer today than it was yesterday. It's going to be closer tomorrow than it is today. It's coming. And, and that's why going be is so important. I want to grab a hold of those children and just lift them up and say, there is such a better way to live, but you don't know it yet. I know it's the parents' responsibility, but we have dropped the ball so many times in so many different generations. The church needs to pick itself up and go and dust itself off and get out there and love people. The Lord's coming. Those sweet little girls riding in by. Don't you think I want those little girls in heaven? Amen, yeah. Don't, don't you want them to learn that there's a better way of living than that life that they're seeing, the only life that they're seeing, that there's a better way? As the Lord is coming, as the Lord, the Lord draws near, the separation will become clear. Amen? It's going to become clear. I mean, I clearly see it. And if you're not seeing it, there's an issue somewhere in your life. And you know what, one of the things I read the most, and we'll talk about a little bit, is, is the hate. Is that the church is now the hate. We are not. We are love. But because sin does not want to die out, it just cries to hang on. It'll call us hate. And the world starts to believe that. But it's not true. Those who follow Jesus will hold firm. Amen? You'll hold firm. You will hold firm. You'll recognize false teaching when you hear about uh, just prosperity, 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 and, and, and there's no obedience, and it never talks about sin, it never talks about hell, it never talks about the blood. My goodness, don't ever mention the blood. There's a true difference. Those who follow Jesus will hold firm, not succumb to today's madness. And that's what I see today. It's just, it's just madness. And I don't have to even get into individual sins. It's just madness out there. Even when sin cries out, calling us haters, because we cling to the what? Old truth. You know, there's a lot of 
new religions popping up that, that, that want to say there's something new now. There's a different type of religion. There's a new type of religion. There's a new gospel. You just be the best you can be. In other words, it's all up to you, and you're going to be fine. Well, boy, I guarantee you sin loves that. I guarantee you Pharaoh loves that. I guarantee you Satan loves that. If we are separated from the world, then we are truly in the arms and the love of Christ. And we have to be different. You have to be different. Vicki, I'm not going to tell you, Vicki read a book years ago, and it was on an airplane. And it was some false teacher. And she, she was, it was years, probably 20 years ago. And she was going down to her mom's. Her mom was dying at the time of cancer. Maybe before that even. She first got, got cancer, I think. And she picked up a book because everybody was reading this book. And she said she got through a few pages of it and the Holy Spirit talked this, that false teaching. And she threw that book down, never, never picked it up, and she uses that story over and it was false. The Holy Spirit told her it was false teaching because we are reading the Word of God, we're learning the truth of God, and if the truth of God doesn't line up, then it's false. Amen? Amen. It's false. Everything we read, is, it's got to line up with the Word of God. If you don't know the Word of God, then how are you going to know what false teaching is? Now I'll tell you something. I, I say this over and over and over again. It's not how much you know, but how much you love what you know. Now, Vicki was very, very new in her, in her Bible studies at the time, but she knew the love of God. She knew the love of the Scriptures, and that was enough to inform her that what she had picked up to read innocently to throw it away. Now, the emphasis is on that. She loved the Word of God. I picked up many things myself, and, and you can read it, and you can just go through it, and you say, wait a minute, that doesn't line up with what I know the Scripture to say. So I clearly know that I'm separate from this. This is not what I believe. This is something totally different. This is a, a new thing. And I'm of the old thing, amen? I'm old. I'm not as old as my brother back there, but I'm old. Sorry, Donnie. We won't succumb to today's whims. We see through them because the Holy Spirit lives within us. And that's what separates us. In Exodus 20, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. Now the lice has taken, has taken is over with, and now it's going to come to the flies. Pharaoh, as he comes out to, to the water, then say to him, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go. What, what is, what's, what's he always saying? Everybody say, let my people go. What are you saying when you're out trying to go and be? What are you really doing? You're trying to get people out of sin. You're, you're giving the word of God. You can't get them out, but only Christ can, only through the blood of Christ we get them out, but we're going out and we're pouring out that. And it's the same thing, let them go. Thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve who? Serve God. Not that they may go and do whatever they want to do, but that they may serve God. There's a clear, clear, clear definition here that, that when God lets his people go, they're to do something, right? To serve him. Now, you think you're going to go up to heaven someday and float around on fluffy clouds? Well, you have fun with that. We're going to serve God. We're going to worship God. You know why? Because we love him. 
You know why all these people come up here and spend the time going to VBS night after night? You know why? Because they love God. And they're going to serve God in that way. Why all these people get up here and practice way before anybody else gets here is because they love God. And that's the way they're serving God. Verse 21 says, Or else, if you will not let my people go, this is the warning, Behold, I will sow swarms of flies on you and your servants, on your people, and into your houses. The houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies, and also the ground on which they stand. You know what flies were, or gnats, whatever you want to, you look it up, whatever it is, you know what they were? They were gods. They were more gods. They were gods of Egypt. You know, the, the hilarious part about this is we can, look, we can read these things and think, well, the people are just crazy. I'll tell you what, so are we. We have all kinds of gods. And I say this over and over again as we've been going through this. We have as many gods as the Egyptians had. We got people out there, the god of the bed this morning. We got people everywhere that's got so many gods. But yet they won't recognize them. They may not be saying, well, that's not my god. But yet, their whole life is geared towards that. It is a God to them. So we have gods. We just don't want to call it that. Thus says the Lord, let my people go that we may serve me, or else if you will not let my people go, behold, I will so swarms of flies on you and on your servants, on your people, and into your houses. Where's the flies going to go? Have you ever tried training a fly? Anybody had any flies that get out of hold out the, off the window and say, I'm going to train you, fly? Come here, fly. Oh, as a matter of fact, come here, a couple of flies. Come here, sit still. Sit still. You want to come on? You got to sit still for me to train you. It's silly, isn't it? But you know who can train flies? God. God. Ain't it something? God can train flies. They will go where he tells them to go. And they will do what he tells them to do. You know why? Because he's God. He can train flies. He can do whatever he wants to do. Because he's God. These flies are going to go all over. In verse 22 it says, And in that day, I will, here it is right here, there's a couple different times, but and in that day, I will set apart the land of Goshen, is where the Hebrews lived, is where Joseph came into and Jacob came into, land of Goshen, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there. So God is training the flies to what? Go everywhere but where his people are at. Now, over here in the Egyptian part, they can't even get the fly swat out because that's their God. They don't want to dare kill that. That's their God. It's like the people that have so many different gods in their lives, they don't really want that God out of life. They just want to cry crocodile tears and say, oh, just remove this, and I'm going to do this and that. But I thought it was your God. I thought you loved it so much. I thought you loved those drugs so much. I thought you loved that pornography so much. You allowed to take your life. You allowed to destroy your life. marriage problems, whatever it is. And then you want to come and you want the relief from it. 
I think I've told you before, one of the first things I tell people when they come to me about marriage counseling or something, I'll say, do you want to be right or do you want to be married? We've got to get that straight first. Because if you want to be right, we're just talking about crocodile tears here. But if you want to be married, that's something totally different. Do you really want to love God? I mean, do you really want to be with God? Then you will be. But if you just want the relief from the, the, the pressure of the, of the sin or whatever's on your life, then that relief is just like a value. You'll, God, of mercy sometimes will release that for a little bit. And you'll have time to breathe. And as soon as that time of breath is taken, back at it. And all of a sudden you don't remember anything you told God, but God never forgot. Amen? And sometimes they'll send swarms of flies. So many things going on in your life just to get your attention. Because he loves you. He says, I'll set apart on the land of Goshen in, in, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there, in order that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the land. I don't know. You'll have, maybe you'll have people come up to you and you'll say, why do you have such a good life? I mean, wh wh why, do you, why, do you, why is your life so blessed and mine is like a mess? My life's, a, my life's a, I have a wonderful life. But whether I had a wonderful life or things were going in tragedy, because tragedy happens in my life as much as any other's life. It's the Lord that takes care of my life, amen, that gives me the blessings of my life. It's not the situations in the life. It's God that lives within me that gives me the understanding of what I need to do in all the situations in my life. That's the difference. It's not the surroundings. It's the God that's the Lord that lives within you. That's what's missing. When I cry out for relief, I, I'll follow that with repentance. And that's what's missing. I don't know how many of you ever go to courts, sit around a court for a little while. How much time I got? You know what takes place in most courts when you just go sit there for a few minutes? It's drug issue after drug issue after drug issue after break-in because of drug issue after cars wrecked and totaled because of drug issues because of alcohol. It's destroying our world. And it's nothing but from Satan himself. It's called pharmakia. I've told you many times. Which is where we get our word pharmaceutical. It means from the, from the, from the Greek and the Hebrew, it's, it's sorcery, it's witchcraft. Pharmakia in the Greek. Pharmaceuticals in the English. You're dealing with something so powerful and it doesn't want to die. And yet it's destroying the whole entire world. And what's the, what, what, I don't know, what, what is the church doing? Pick them up, love them. Give them the truth. Give them the word of God. Hold them tight. And there's times you have to let them go. Absolutely have to let them go. You can never enable it. But when they're ready, no matter what the sin is, no matter what the sin is, when they're ready, be ready. It says in 23, I will make a difference between my people and your people. 
Now listen, this is a powerful verse. God says, I will make a difference. God will make the difference. I can't make the difference. You can't make the difference. God makes a difference. Amen? Like he brings life from the dust, he makes a difference. Like he trains the flies to go where they need to go, he's the one that makes the difference. I will make a difference between my people and your people. A true separation, a true difference, even to this day. I talked with somebody earlier today about people. And I've said it a thousand times, if not more. The only thing different between those people and today is electricity. It's the only difference. We're the same. We still love and hug to the same wrong gods. We're the same. Our, our, our nature is the same. It's a sinful nature that cries crocodile tears every time something goes wrong. That We want it, we want it right, but not really. It's a sinful nature we live in. I will make a difference between my people and your people. Tomorrow, this sign shall be. I wrote something down about tomorrow there. Let me see what I wrote. Oh, I remember what I wrote. I was wondering why they put that word tomorrow in there. I know we talked about like a couple weeks ago about tomorrow and the frogs and not getting rid of your sin till the next day and all that. But this is a different tomorrow. This is God speaking. This is Moses writing. I will make a difference between my people and your people. Tomorrow the sign shall be. So I prayed over that, thought over that, and I think, why, why is that tomorrow in there? And what I, what I believe I come up with is, is an understanding that, that God's mercy, his mercy and his grace, it just pours out upon us. He'll give you the time. He's given them time to, to come to him tonight, to surrender to him. He'll give them till tomorrow. This sign shall be. See, now, he's telling them, all these things I've told you is going to happen in your life has happened. I'm telling you, the flies are coming up on your land, and you can do nothing about it. But it doesn't have to be that way. It's an application to our life is, is the things that are going on in your life today, the things that, that you don't want going on in your life today. God is going to show mercy and grace to you. That you repent of those things and turn your life over to him. Not like crocodile tears, but true repentance. Tomorrow the sign shall be. And the Lord did so. Everybody say, and the Lord did so. Thick swarms of flies came into the house of Pharaoh. Was Pharaoh good? Could Pharaoh do anything about it? No. Nothing can't do anything about it you can't do anything about it you can't control it the swarms of flies came to the house of Pharaoh into the servant's house and into all the land of Egypt the land was corrupted because of the swarms of flies but Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time and also also neither would he let the people go. Now, if you go back and read a few more verses, you're going to find out that he just did the same thing he has been doing. He said, oh, God, if you'll just do this, you'll just do that. I'll do this, and I'll do that. And, of course, he doesn't mean anything. And it keeps getting worse. Each plague keeps getting worse, harder. We'll close here in a minute. 
Matthew 25. I'm going to read these few verses to you and see a few out of John. All the nations will be gathered before him. This is the tribulation. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will, be se- and he will separate them from one another. Throughout the New Testament, we'll read about this separation. Weeds and tares and, 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 and virgins and the ten virgins. Over and over, you'll read about different things. A separation, a true separation. And he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right and put the goats on the left. Now, today you've got to figure out, am I a sheep or am I a goat? The Bible tells me something I, I, I look at continually is that I will know the followers of Christ by the fruit of their life. Amen? I don't know. You should know. I'm not going to judge them. I, just, I can see the things. When you're following Jesus Christ and you fall in love with him and you've given your life to him, there's certain things you don't do anymore. Now, it's not legalism. It's just things you don't do anymore. You don't want to do them. You've, you've traded that old life for a new life. Why would you go back to the insanity if you don't do them anymore? Now, you have to ask yourself, am I on the sheep or am I on the goats? And in John 10, it says, in verse 4 and 5, it says, and when the, he brings out his own sheep, Everybody say his own sheep. Now, that's, that's another separation, right? When he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep what? Follow him. They don't follow a false teacher. They follow him. They clearly see that the shepherd is the shepherd. And they're taken in by the whims of, of charismatic movements and, and, and false teaching. Yet they will by no means follow a what? Stranger. But will flee. Everybody use that say word flee. Flee. In other words, Vicki took that book. As soon as she realized what that book was, she threw it away. She never picked it up again. She let it go. She fleed from it. Not even knowing the word of God that well, but she knew enough because of the love she had for the word of God that it was false. Because the Holy Spirit talks to you. Amen? It convicts you, doesn't it? It convicts you. It allows these things. It it tells you these things right in the heart. But we'll flee from him, for they do not know. Everybody read that last part for me. Yeah. In other words, they don't follow the voice of strangers. They're not pulled in by the voice of strangers. A sheep cannot be a goat, but a goat can be a sheep. Does that make sense to you? A sheep cannot be a goat, but a goat can be a sheep. Nineteen sixty-seven, nine o'clock, about nine o'clock at night, in Dayton, right outside of Dayton, Ohio, in a camp. That's why I love camps so much. I was 12 years old, Camp Chautauqua, still there, under an old pavilion, no air conditioning, but full of people, full of great men and women and speakers, sitting in the back row. I was a little mean, little rotten kid. I was the youngest of five. Donnie, you know, don't you, Donnie? I was kind of mean and rotten, spoiled. I cussed. 
I could hide it from my mom and dad pretty good. Hide it from everybody pretty good. I get in trouble once in a while. I cry them crocodile tears. But on that night, the Holy Spirit touched my heart. Amen. Now, I haven't been true to God all those years since then, but well, for the last 20 years I have been, or doing the best I can be. The Lord loves you. He separates us from the world. And only you and him know what that means. Amen? Because it's your heart and him. It was my heart and him. I knew the night. I knew. I don't know the speaker's name. I don't know the preacher's name. I don't know the counselor's name. I can't even remember what scripture I, where they were preaching out of that night. But I know one thing. I ran down that aisle that night broken and separated. Let's stand. If we are called to go and be in which we are out of all through the New Testament... But we also need to know the things that are, we're going to come up against. And that's what this series, this series is about, is to, to look at the things, the, the obstacles, to understand that sin does not want to die. It will give you every excuse. It will do all kinds of things to fool you, lie to you, and be deceitful. Your job is to not to, to change people. That's God's job. Your job is to take the truth, love people, show them the truth. Allow God to do what he wants. See, because God's the only one that can train flies. Amen? If you belong to Jesus Christ, if he's your Lord and Savior, we'll open up the tables this morning and you're welcome. We do it this way different in this church because you have to action. It comes forward. It's, it's giving you an opportunity to get at this altar with other people that love the Lord, that are repenting of things that who knows what they are. It's not my business. That's between you and God. If you belong to Jesus Christ, if you're a child of God, if you, if you are a sheep and not a goat, you're welcome at these tables. If there's situations in your life, this is the time to, to ask God for forgiveness and clean those things up. Come before him with a humble heart, a true repentance, not crocodile tears. Maybe you've been doing these crocodile tears for way too long in your life. Way too long. Maybe it's time to really get business with God. Amen? I'll tell you what, we're just going to the fifth plague here right now. There's, there's five more plagues to come. How many things do you have to go through? How many, how many of these things do you have to go through before you'll surrender? Are you just going to walk out the door like other people? Just say, I can't do that. Today's the day. And the time is now. Dear fathers, we come before you, Lord, and we open up these tables, Lord. We pray, Father, for these hearts, Lord, that they will come to you, that you will use them, Father, that they would serve you and use them in mighty, powerful ways, and Lord, that they will go and be to, the, to this community, to their jobs, to their families. Lord, thank you for this message. It's in your name I pray. Amen.